0: Just finally figured out after 11 years, I can just turn down the volume on iTunes, and not have to waste 30 seconds every video. Very slow in the natural realm. Oh yeah, foolishness to Greeks, you know. People be t- saying all this stuff to you know, like you're like you're disabled. People wow. treat me like I'm disabled every day. Cause I'll be so drunk on the anointing, <laughs> you like, you know, you, you just write it down on a notepad, you know, to meditate on a, whatever they're trying to say and to don't you. Don't write it down on a notepad. Give me an audio version, cause I'm not gonna be able to read it. <laughs> and the issue is, is when you're in the anointing, you're in the intelligence of God, but a person that's in the brain has no grid for God because God's a spirit. They don't believe in spirit. They don't even know they have a spirit. They're living out of the flesh, which is the curse of the fall. So, you know, you have to be very patient with people as they transition out of death into life. And people, some people are very quick to learn, but that's rare. Most people take a lot, a lot, a lot of patience and a lot, a lot of love to get all the hurts out of their own spirit that they don't even know they have. Most Christians don't even know. They they know they're supposed to be a spirit, and they know that God's the Holy Spirit, but they don't really have the revelation of their own spirit. You know, they have this identity in the flesh. Like I'm a creature that has a spirit, and I you know I need to minister my spirit. But no, it needs to be you are a spirit, identified as a spirit being without any differentiation, which is the double-mindedness. Like oh, I'm today I'm a flesh. Maybe if I'm, I am have a good day tomorrow, I'll be a spirit. No, you're always a spirit. Mm-hmm. It's just you got a snake in you that's causing you to be double-minded. Most Christians deal tremendously with double-mindedness. The place of maturity is when there's no more double-mindedness and you don't have a carnal nature, because you really don't. It's just a serpent in there lying to you. It's a lie that gets uprooted by revelation. It's true. Yeah. You're confused as to who you are as a person, Almost everyone is, you know. The only way you're not confused is if you've eaten a tremendous amount of bread. A tremendous amount of oil, wine, silver water, constant healing, holy fire, laughing fire. If you've been feasting and gorging yourself as a drunkard and a glutton on the table of the Lord of his bread and wine for a long time, then you know who you are because there won't be any double-mindedness. But it's only in that place of feasting where you have mental clarity so that you don't identify anymore as a carnal creature. But you live as a spirit. The Apostle Paul says, I've served God with my whole spirit. He was never doing carnal works. He was never doing works of the flesh. You know, he repented of being a Pharisee. He did the works of the flesh when he was a Pharisee. After he was a Christian, took him... 14 plus 3 years, Galatians says, 17 years in Arabia to get all the religion burnt out of him so he could do ministry as a spirit. Amen? The second Adam is a life-giving spirit. You're a spirit. The issue is, you don't really know it. You know, you want to believe it, and you read it in the Bible, and it's written a hundred times in the Bible. God breathed into Adam's nostrils, and he became a living being by what? The breath. By the Holy Spirit working in his spirit. So it's the impartation of God's spirit in your spirit that makes you an, an eternal creature. Your spirit's eternal. no, your flesh might be aging and you're, we've seen a lot of people die, you know They say there's been 12 billion people that have walked the earth that are currently dead now. and they're in skeleton form, you know the worms are crawling through their bones and they're decomposing and turning into topsoil. and that's not the person so it's not even something to be sad about because the eternal person lives on the person is the spirit the chunk that came from God the, the breathed, the ruached part of them there is a ruach part of you that's your true part of you and if you get revelation you can live exclusively out of that part of you and only develop your eternal nature that has nothing to do with the skeleton in the topsoil, amen yeah. I'm not walking in dry man's bones we're here with Ezekiel, amen no. I am not my t-shirt. Yeah. In other words. I'm not a skeleton. I'm a spirit. <laughs> Amen? And my soul is attached to my spirit, and my soul is so interwoven with the natural dimension that I can't see who I am in Christ, who I am in the spirit, who I am in eternity. So Revelation renews the mind so that there is no confusion in the soul as to who you are. When there's no confusion about who you are, then you can easily walk with the spirit. But no one can walk with the spirit if they're confused because they still think they're a meat sack. They think they're an animal, a homo sapien sapien. Well, how am I any different than a chimpanzee, you know? Chimpanzees only have a couple percent less brain activity than a mammal, than a homo sapien sapien. A human being that's stuck in the flesh only has like 3% more brain activity than a chimp. So the only thing that differentiates you from the animals is the ruach of God in you, your spirit. And if you're not a spiritual Christian, you'll have no differentiation from the animals. Are the animals different than the humans? I mean, King Solomon said that in Ecclesiastes. What differentiates a human being from an animal? From a creature. God is in you by his breath. And revelation separates the soul from the spirit so you can see your eternal man. Amen? Amen. That's awakening. The awakening is the removing of all the lies in the soul of the conditioning of the natural realm and millions of liars that are just deceived as we are. And we come out of the lies, we come out of the deception, and we begin to see who we really are. And when you know you're a spirit and you live as a spirit, you have spiritual ability, which means you can literally love perfectly. And love does drive out fears. (laughs) And love does heal sicknesses and diseases, which are just you pull a snake out and just throw it in hell. And that whole spirit world that's been stealing from you, called the kingdom of hell, becomes real a lot of people get scared and they go right back into the cave of their flesh and just, I'd rather be in ignorance, don't want to actually deal with reality, the curse of the fall and the, everything that's down here, everything that's under the earth, everything that's under the skin, everything that's under the heart, everything that's in the belly of man and the belly of the earth, I don't want to really deal with the valley of dry bones, I'm going to pretend like everything's okay and live in la-la land and they don't actually deal with the world, they don't actually minister in the spirit. You have to minister in the Spirit. All Christian ministry is the overflow of the health of your spirit life. Yeah. When your spirit life is healthy, you'll be able to successfully build up everyone's spirit life around you with every word that proceeds from the voice of many waters coming out of your mouth. And sometimes it sounds like correction. Sometimes it's rebuke. Sometimes it's discipline. It's not always like, you know, good job. And sometimes like, you know, you need to really change in that area of your heart. You're believing a lie there. Here's the truth. You know, God disciplines those he loves. Hebrews chapter 13. And anyone that's not disciplined by God is not a child of God. Hebrews chapter 13. It is written. Now there's been tremendous abuse of discipline. So people start to get a little discipline and they, they'll run away because you know, their parents beat them. They had a bad pastor that beat them, that oppressed them, that was abusive. And so there's so much hurt and that hurt goes down all the way into the spirit. And when the hurt of the world goes into the spirit, that's why people are sick. People get sick naturally because of a broken spirit, a crushed spirit. You have to be sick in your spirit, hurt in your spirit first in that area of the breath. Oh, yeah. And then when your breath and your spirit gets healed by revelation of His love towards you and revelation of His favor towards you, revelation of the blood of the Lamb spilt for you, which is your sin offering, you can get all that sin that you did towards yourself. We've sinned against ourselves almost as much as people have sinned against us. And then we've also probably sinned against others a tremendous amount also. So that sin is a... is a a wound, and a hurt. (laughs) All sin is a wound, whether it be sins of lust, whether it be sins of pride. All things that hurt ourselves and hurt others, everything that's not love is sin. Everything that's not love is sin. I don't care how right you sound. I don't care how much perfect doctrine and theology you have. It don't matter. It's sin if it's not love. And the love of God is the agape of God. The love of of God is the river of life. The r- the love of God is the person present here as the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's not angry at you. The Holy Spirit's not going to kill you. <laughs> I mean, the Holy Spirit's going to remove the things in you that are hurting you. Yeah. I mean, th- yeah, we read about extreme examples in the Bible of things the Holy Spirit did. But I mean, 99% of the time, all He's doing is healing, delivering, prospering, and what he wants to do is build up your spirit with revelation. Jesus Christ called him the spirit of truth that would lead you into all truth. <laughs> so you met the Holy Ghost. You got born again. You got born of the spirit in the water. John chapter 3, Nicodemus, <laughs> you must be born again. You must be born of the spirit <laughs> and the water. So you met the Holy Spirit. You were born of the spirit. Your spirit got filled with God. Full full of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Colossians 2.10 says you're made full. When you're born again, you're made full of God, and you're filled with the fullness of God. Day one. That's not something you'll never get anymore of God. What will happen is you get your mind renewed to God and His personality, His attributes, His characteristics, His abilities, and mostly His love for your soul. You can't love others unless the love of God that's in your spirit, that's in your breath of life, that's in your eternal man, whacks your soul and you receive that love into your soul. We love because he first loved us. Amen? Amen. We love because he first loved us. And where does he love you? In the soul. Once your spirit catches the fire of his laughing love, you know, you get tickled, you know? I mean, it gets that like that first love bliss, the joy of salvation. You get that that first love honeymoon with Jesus. When I was born again, I felt like I was levitating for weeks, light as a feather. I was so full of sin before that, I was actually partially brain dead. STDs fell off my body. Age 18, Minnesota Teen Challenge, downtown Minneapolis. They said I was the worst case they'd ever seen in the history of the program. I was causing ruckus every single night. I was just uh, the most extreme case of demon possession, drug abuse so far in the occult, coming out of all the realm of hell and tartarus and demons and devils you could ever imagine. And for three months, they drove out all that death and hell out of me, spirit after spirit after spirit, like an open grave, until there was only God left in me. Then I got sovereignly baptized, and the Holy Spirit began speaking in tongues. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the gift of tongues, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it sealed my mind in the faith of all the deliverance from the realm of the dead. I was even having doubts about coming out of all the darkness that I'd come out of up until three months. You gotta understand, every other day for three months up to two hours they were driving demons out of me. That's how deep I was in the realm of the occult and the dead and the underworld. (sighs) And I still had doubts because it's like the brain cannot comprehend the spirit. I'm telling you, I don't care how many miracle signs and wonders you read about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. He was demonstrating the Holy Spirit with power in front of people everywhere He went in all Israel. And they still doubted after seeing signs and wonders. The signs and wonders don't seal you. It's the love of the Father that seals you. It's the Spirit inside you in your eternal spirit man that seals you. The Holy Ghost is called the seal of salvation. You've been sealed in the curse, and then you receive a revelation of His love, and the seal is broken, and the rivers loose out of your belly, flowing springs and rivers. John 7 38. Because you believed the word. You believed the revelation of the preacher, the teacher, or anyone that told you about Jesus, and you believed it. You heard it, and it resonated with your spirit. And immediately, the Holy Ghost came in and took up home in your spirit. Now it needs to seal your mind. Now it needs to shoot up revelation, words, truths, leading you into all truth. You cannot just be born again and have salvation. No, no, that's never anywhere in the New Testament. Except by rebuke, Paul says, by now some of you should be teachers, but you're still infants sucking at the bottle. You know, if you don't grow in the spirit of truth after first receiving Jesus, you become some very serious enemies of those who grow. You notice that? People that grow become the enemies of those that don't grow because they have so much more truth than them, and these people are stuck in the diapers of salvation-level gospel message. I've never been more opposed in red-letter ministries except by infants in Christ that started off in the spirit of truth and then finished in carnal theology. Carnal doctrine. Not in the experience of His love. Not deeply rooted in the roots of David, in the anointing oil, in the tree of life, in the glory realm of heaven on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Not in the actual experience of God, but in just mere knowledge. Philosophy that murders the actual substance of the experience. So what do you do with the people that are always attacking you because you went deeper than them? Love covers. That's actually how you learn to be like the Father in every way. The Father is not surprised by anything here. There's not one thing in the universe that's ever happened in man or angel that has ever surprised God. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. He's outside of time and space. He's the creator. He's so wise and he's so loving. He set it up this way so that those that go deeper would learn the fullness of his nature in unconditional love. Amen? The mature ones are always mistreated by the immature ones because what makes a person immature is that their souls are still interwoven with the world so that the world can still get through them while they're still hurt and attack healthy ones that just have a lot more of God the Father developed in them by revelation. So those with tremendous revelation are held accountable to cover everyone that's still hurt. <laughs> Love covers. Love never fails. First Corinthians chapter 13. That's one you want to read over and over again and not just for your thinker, but for your drinker. The gospel is for your spirit. The gospel is like a fiery coal, our grace, our fresh anointing, and you put oil into the kindled fire of your spirit, and the fire grows. We're entering a season where the fire had so grown in our spirit life, which is our heart life, that it's like an ocean of agape love, as it was in the days of Noah. How many of y'all know they're getting drowned today in love? All flesh. And it's unconditional. It's agape. It's not based on behavior. So you just drown them. I don't care what you believe in. And we're talking about the glory realm. We're talking about the floods of Noah. We're not talking about the destruction of mankind. We're talking about the healing of the nations, the leaves of the tree of life that cover all flesh. And these leaves never wither, and these leaves never fail, and these leaves, Judges 9.9, drip anointing oil. These are the leaves of the tree of life because it's grown up in us to cover the earth to cover the nations, to cover human beings that are hurt. And some are really healthy, but many are hurt. You'll deal with every kind of person. That's why Jesus Christ called it the days of Noah, who came into the ark, the ark representing the glory of the kingdom. Every animal two by two. Knows God calling humans animals? Well, what do you think the mark of the beast is? A beast. Wisdom has killed her Beasts. That's what it says in the Amplified Classic, Proverbs 9, verse 1. Wisdom killed her beast. That's the first thing that wisdom does is it slays the beast. What's the mark of the beast? Having your soul connected to the flesh, living as a mere homo sapien sapien mammal animal instead of as a part of the breath of God, an eternal spirit. Wisdom has killed her beast. Then what does wisdom do? Wisdom builds her seven pillars in your heart. That's the spirit of truth leading you into all truth. How? Well, you killed the beast. Now you eat the meat. God the Father said in John, or no, not John, uh, Luke 15, that it was the feasting on the goat and the feasting on the calf. The killing of the beast and then the feasting on the beast. The feasting on the beast is the feasting of the natural realm still in you. The renewing of the mind being constantly transfigured by the renewing of your mind, by feasting on your carnal nature so that only your spiritual nature remains. It is a process because it's a feast and it's a marriage supper of the Lamb and it's who can eat, who can drink. Wine, oil, water, fire, fresh bread, hidden manna, gemstones, silver, gold, everything God is fully given to you through Christ. You can't go around Christ. There's no access to the Father except through Jesus Christ. You go into Jesus Christ, you begin to know the Father. And it's a progressive marriage relationship. You can get close in marriage, or you can get distance in marriage, and you could divorce in marriage. Whoa, your marriage could be about just money. We've seen that a lot of times. Or it can be about love, it can be about the fruits of the Spirit, it can be about changing the world, it can be about healing the nations, it can be about self sacrifice. Esteeming others more highly than yourself. What do I need to do for a stronger hit of God? Serve others what they need in their spirit to remove the hurt. Remove the hurt, the brokenness in their spirit. Heal their spirit life. Heal their hearts. You'll find that's the only thing the Holy Ghost cares about. You get that vision for healing hearts. He will give you the anointing without measure but if it becomes about you you'll turn it off because it's just selfishness, it's sin it's just, what is it? greed it's covetousness, selfish it's evil, carnal ministry and that's everywhere but there is good saints here there are people that have sacrificed all to improve the lives of others to esteem others more highly those are the ones who walk in the anointing without measure those are the friends of God Those are the friends of the bridegroom, and those are the servants of the bride. And who's the bride? Anyone that eats. Anyone that eats of every nation, tribe, and tongue. It don't matter where you're at. It don't matter what you've done. All it takes is you to begin receiving revelation truth about Jesus and letting your spirit grow in intimacy with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit until that whole realm of the kingdom of heaven is more real inside you than anything else in the natural realm. Amen. We bless the mothers today on Mother's Day. May the anointing increase upon your minds and let the prosperity of your soul be like the olive tree of the Garden of Eden. Let the covering of the leaves of your spirit life Cover all your children. Restore all your children. Heal all your children of every mother in the world. Amen? The spirit of Elijah restores families. Big time. Big time. You want revival? You need healing of families. Restoration of families. The fathers to the sons. The sons to the fathers. The daughters to the mothers. The mothers to the daughters. And the whole family unit just absolutely blasted, blessed, healed, even drunk with love. Oh, it's happening. It's happening by you feasting right now. This is the participation with the marriage supper of the Lamb that heals the world. And the feasting will increase, and the feasting will intensify, and our cups will overflow with more wisdom, more love, more self sacrifice. And the whole world's going to get blessed by it. They're getting blessed by Jesus in the revelation of Jesus and a people that feasts on his flesh, that are drunkards on his blood, that overflow with his love and overflow with his favor towards everyone undeservingly, in Jesus' name. We love you guys. Be blessed. If you want to partner with Rutheran Ministries, donate at rutheran.com. We'll see you tomorrow. Amen. Love you guys. (laughs)